When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Doug Sprinthal, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Andy Brandt-Bernard, Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. A couple of great guests this hour and more stimulating conversation. Ooh, stimulating. Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Wow, two for two. This is going to be a banner ah. year. Let's see how long you can keep the streak going. Maybe that's his New Year's resolution. Yep. <laughs> Let me mess the ads Maybe. up, not him. We talked about this at the uh, top of the show. There is such, I, I went out car shopping for myself, and it's interesting because I've sold cars for a long time, but when you're trying to pick something out, you really I realized how far technology has advanced in the last couple of years. All these manufacturers have, they're labeled differently, but they all do the same thing. So it's radar-assisted cruise control. You can set the, the cruise control, and if there's somebody in front of you that slows down, the car slows down automatically. You have, do you have eyesight on your Subaru? Yep. Yeah, lane departure, and if you're not paying attention and you're about to rear-end somebody, it'll slam on the brakes. If you're driving something that's older than four or five years old, you just stop out to one of the Walzer stores and just check out this t- technology. It, it is really, really cool, and it'll save a lot of lives. i got to get my teenage kids into these cars rather than the Model Ts that I've got them rolling around in now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spot, Model Tom. Ts? Well, I'm cheap. That's it. Well, we'll get over. We'll all get over it. There's I don't no think Model Ts are very well, cheap anymore. Well, we'd have to look that up. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> yes, we would. Yes. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Let's dance. I still miss him. I like this song. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yep. We're rocking out, man. That's all I know. Um, this show's been on uh, on uh, the air for six and a half years now. And one of the first guests we ever had on this show at the beginning, the very beginning of the Tom Bernard Show, was Dr. Pohl. The incredible Dr. Pohl, as a matter of fact. Debuts this year on January 12th, Saturday night. Nat Geo Wild. How you doing, Dr. Paul? I am fine. How are you doing, Tom? Marvelously well. You were one of our very first guests all those years ago. You've been, you've been on how many seasons? 
Well, this is season 14. That is oh, the season, uh, the way Nat J.O.L. counts them. We count them a little different because I think they call our season when they fill them in now season seven. So don't ask me how okay. to do that. I don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't ask. Yeah, you were just starting out on the show, and this show was just starting out. You were on our first guest, and now having you back is a great thrill. The show follows Dutch-American veterinarian Dr. Pohl, his family and employees at his practice in rural, is it Weidman, Michigan? No, Weidman. Uh, it's pronounced Weidman? Uh, a little bit different than what you normally say. It's just Weidman, they call it, and it's a small town right in the middle of Michigan, the lower peninsula. That's a good thing. So things have been going very well. you got, what, 19,000 clients. That's pretty good. Uh, well, no. Actually, if a new client walks through the door now, it's 25,000. That doesn't it's mean we have all man. these clients yet, because a lot of them have died in 40 years, and a lot of them have moved away. But we still sure. have single-digit clients, too. That is unbelievable. So, yeah, that's, that's I don't know how many clients that are active. A lot of them. A lot. There's no doubt about it. Well, you love your work, and right. I think that's very obvious by watching your show. You love your work, and people, I think, are going to have a lot of faith in a veterinarian who loves their work. It's, just, it's terrific. It's a wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, the whole secret is, I think, here that nothing is actually made up for the camera unless Charles, Diane, and I are fooling around. You know, what you see when we work on animals is real. And that is actually Charles's fault when he started way in the beginning. He says, Dad, do your work. That is interesting enough. And that's the way we kept it. So when you see us working with animals, that is real. You know, when we pull a calf out of a cow, that is real. We don't stick it back in for a second take either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Dr. Right. Paul. Dr. Paul. Hi, this is Catherine. I yes. talked to you a long time ago. Um, we've we used to have horses, and uh, I had a vet that took care of them, and all that kind of stuff. And I just want—I mean, it's pretty demanding work what you do, and then to add a camera crew following you around all the time. How do you stay focused and not get burnt out? Because first of all, I love my work. Second of all. The cameras have been in our so long that we completely get used to it, and it's the same people that come back every time. Oh. We still have the same cameraman that started the whole thing. We have the same, you know, maybe in the second season they started, we have the same producer that started in season two, and they always come back. And this is the difference between our show and different ones where, yeah, we, uh, we treat everybody like family, and this is why they don't, you know, if they have two weeks off, you know, three weeks off, they come back. And that's what makes the show, because they know exactly where to stand. Well, not all the time, but most of the time. <laughs> and this is how they get the best job. But yeah, I if they ever do behind the scenes, if, you do, if they do behind the scenes, watch it, because you're going to laugh your head off. <laughs> I would imagine that's true. Uh, Dr. Pohl treats horses, pigs, cows, sheep, alpacas, goats, chickens, and even an occasional reindeer. Well, that's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Anything. You know, for me, being a veterinarian means that you treat animals. And if you have an animal that needs help, you know, I'm willing to try it. If I don't know, I look in the books. Somebody has done something about that animal before. And, yes, this is how you do it. And if you know what healthy animals looks like and feels like, then you can find out what's wrong with them and treat them accordingly. They're animals, you know. You know, it's kind of unfortunate, Dr. Paul. I understand in America, and I think it's, it's getting harder by the minute, but to become a veterinarian in America is very difficult now because so many people want to get into your field, I guess. Yeah, it seems like that. So, yes, there's a lot of applications at the colleges, so if you want to make sure that, you know, you take all the hard courses in high school and do not apply at one school, you know, you just get, you know, the, the, the admission uh, requirements and apply to many schools. Biggest problem is 
It is so expensive, and many of yeah. these veterinarians yeah. coming out of college have, you know, a debt that is way too high. Yeah, and I don't really understand how why why we did that. We did that to ourselves here in America by allowing yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the student loans to go private. Privatizing student loans was a horrible idea, and uh, it, it, what, it was. What, it was. It was absolutely yeah. terrible, and it gave it gave all these schools a chance to go. Okay, well then we're going to charge twice as much for tuition, even though it's colleges ridiculous. also are subsidized. So it's like they're both privatized <laughs> and subsidized. <laughs> For me, a college is a teaching facility. That means the new ones have to get their hands dirty doing work on animals. This is how I was educated. You know, the people that were bringing animals to the veterinary school in the Netherlands where they went to college knew that students were working on them under supervision of one or two veterinarians. So if anything did not go exactly, they could jump in right away. But before I graduated, I had done my own C-section on the cow. Mm. Really? Really? Yeah. really? I, yeah. uh, Andy, you would you'd probably be a veterinarian if you, if it uh, you could get in, don't no. you think? I well, you wouldn't want to be a vet. No, I couldn't I deal so. with putting animals down. Well, no, I that understand is the that. Hardest part. Yeah, and, and I tell you that yeah. is that is hard every time, and you'll never get used to that. But you have to think about the animal where quantity is not as important as quality of life. And I've yeah, said so the, many times, animals are not afraid to die. For them, it is part of life. And what we do, we actually put the animal under anesthetic first before we give him the final injection. Right, that's and, kind. And that's, that's what I do. Mm. And so, like, one of the dogs is calling you right now. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's another phone ring. Forget about it. <laughs> forget well, about you, it. You do run a busy <laughs> clinic over there. <laughs> that is a good thing. Yeah. 19,000 clients, yeah. and if 25,000, it's going to ring. Um, yeah, that is a tough part. We've, we had, uh, well, I, I, at the time, I don't know if we had talked yet. I don't think so, because I think Cassie was still alive the last time Dr. Pohl was on. Yeah, probably. But we lost a dog when he was, what, 14, 15 years old? He was 18. Old. Yeah, he was, he was 18. 18 years old. Little God. Jack Russell. He was, he was, not, years he was old. not alive. Yeah, that's a, it's yeah. a good life for a dog. He was yeah, not alive. It, it is hard. And, and yeah. like I said, when people come and I have to put that animal down, I almost cry with them. Because yeah. I know what it is. Even this morning, I had to put the dog on. It was a diabetic for five years, and he was 16 mm. years old. But he, his quality of life was gone. Mm. Yeah. And what right. you going to do that? You know? Yeah. And like I yeah. said, uh, you got to do it so that they don't feel any pain. Right. What, yeah. what, what kind of advice do you give to people? I, I had a friend whose dog had cancer, and they spent... Uh, I don't even know, $7,000 uh, giving that dog chemo, and he never felt fabulous. And they, I think they bought him maybe in a year. I mean, yeah. do you, See, that, do you think that, that's right? Me, no, for me not. I, my, my son-in-law died of pancreatic cancer when he was 15. He was two years on chemo. Oh. And honestly, I refused to put animals on chemo. Because there again, it's the quality, not the quantity. Right, I agree. And that is important for me. Well, and when you're on chemo, you don't feel good. No. It, it is part of it also because an animal can't inherently understand what chemotherapy is. And just oh, makes yeah, they don't terrible. know why you're no, making them feel sick. It just feel bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I compare chemo with trying to shoot a mouse with a shotgun full of birdshot. The collateral damage is so big mm -hmm. that yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. It's, it, well, that is, I, I could see that that would be the worst part of your job to, mm -hmm. to have to put uh, yeah. our dog, our 18-year-old dog, our son and our daughter and I went to, to have him put down and I was petting him. And all of a sudden I realized as I was petting him, he was no longer alive. It was really shocking. He was right. still looking at me. But he was dead. Yeah, it oh, yeah. fast. God, yeah, see, weird. that's the thing. They don't close their eyes. That's, that's, people yeah. don't do that either. The eyelids are glued shut. You know, but that's neither the end of it. But like I said, do it painless. And I think that's yep. important. Yep. 
But now the great part of your job, Dr. Pohl, because I mean, obviously, you're doing a great service to you know putting people at uh, at ease any way you possibly can when they have to put a pet down. But also, yeah. you make people joyous. You bring you bring animals back to people that were severely damaged. You fix them. They get them back. That's got to be a great feeling. Yes, and and this is the enjoyment of my job too. Where you know, yes, we make people happy by giving them back an animal, you know, and that's, and I want to keep that affordable too. That's very important for me because I want kids to grow up with animals. Animals will teach yep. kids, but we cannot teach them empathy. You know, when, when a kid crawls over the floor before he's a year old, his allergies are reduced by 40%. That's a, that's a medical fact. That doesn't come from me. So animals really? are a big part of kids' lives, too. And when a kid becomes abusive to an animal, when he's that very young, two or three years old, then you can already start working with him. Hey, listen, this is not the way to treat him. Because you see that kids that are abusive to animals turn to humans later on, too. Oh, I, I believe that's true. Yeah, that, a matter of fact, they yeah. say... Cat, cats in particular, a lot of people who turn into serial killers, they begin by killing cats for some reason. Yeah, That's so weird. I think so. Yeah. I know. That's a, I don't that's understand very, them very because, bizarre. you know. No. Yeah, it is. So, Dr. Yeah, Paul, that's, another... That's <laughs> I, uh, another thing. Yes. Okay, so when you went to school in Europe, when you came to America, did you have to... Get, how did you do that? Did, I mean, sometimes they make you go through the whole medical program again. No, not through the whole medical. Easier? Because, yeah, Utrecht University was already accredited by the AVMA. Okay. So when I came here, I all I had to do was take the national board exams. Oh, okay. I think it's wonderful. Dr. Pohl, ladies and gentlemen, the new season of his hit Nat Geo Wild show, The Incredible Dr. Pohl, debuts in just two days. Saturday on that right. Geo Wild, Doctor Pohl. Okay, don't wait. Don't wait seven more years to come back. Okay. It's a great show. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You just call me. <laughs> All right, we will call you, Doctor Pohl. Thanks so much for your time. Love having you on, sir. Thank you, Tom and Kathy. Have a good afternoon. <laughs> Have a good afternoon. Bye. Hey, Kathy, how you doing over there? Oh, he's so cute. What a great guy. Yeah. He's a great. He is a great. Guy. You know, oh, and it's so funny because I remember distinctly talking to him. And because I was like, you know, I was very into horses. I mean, I've worked with vets for a long time. And he was shy, and we had to, like, coax him into talking a little bit. Yeah, now he was, he's yeah. Now he's oh, just, wow. you know, now he's been doing it for so well, long. Well, yeah, that he's I think that 14. He's, yeah, well, he's much more relaxed. He said it's 14 seasons, well, but those are, like, years. Dutch seasons or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Half and a half. I think, yeah. Nat Geo does their seasons differently. Oh, it's a Nat well, Geo thing? right. Yeah, it's Nat Geo. But all those dance shows, those performance shows, they have two seasons in the same year, don't they? I know, two but they take breaks, month. and then they call it a different season. <laughs> I don't know. Two seasons a month. I don't know. Uh, he's been, mm-hmm. yeah, what do I know? 2011 to present. So, That's yeah, seven years. So, yeah, he started mm-hmm. just before this show started. So he did, yep. We had him on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always liked the guy. He's a very, very nice guy. He actually cares about what he's doing. He loves to make people happy. Uh, takes away their pain by by you know euthanizing their their mm-hmm. pets without any pain whatsoever. So he's just a hell of a good guy. That's all I know. He's a really really, really good man. Doctor Jan Pohl. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. 
It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. I still love this. That's me trying to sing that low. Eric Burden. Doesn't work. You know what I love about Eric Burden? And I really do love Eric Burden. The animals were my favorite. I, I like the animals more than the Rolling Stones, actually. Really? I did. Okay. Yeah, the Beatles and the animals and the Rolling Stones. But uh, I've met Eric Burton now in my life. I've met Eric Burton about 30 times. And every time I see him now, it's brand new. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. Honest to God. Well, can you imagine how many people he's met in his life? Oh, but if you met somebody 30 uh, times, you well, might Well, and how many drugs did the man do? Who knows? Uh, what was the name of that show again? It was uh, The Tudors. The Tudors. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. We were backstage. We were backstage at the Golden Nugget in Vegas, and Eric Burden was on on the show. And before we went out on stage, he said we st- he started talking about the Tudors. You know what I loved about the Tudors? It's the Sopranos in antiquity. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> it's yeah, he's not out. wrong. It really is. Oh, he's a very smart guy. Eric Burden's a really smart guy. I think he's got a couple of you know buttons off the vest right now, if you know what I'm saying. I think but, he's about three foot six. Yeah, he's not very tall. He's about five feet tall, maybe five two, something like I think that. You're being generous. He might be true. <laughs> he's very tiny. Well, yeah, you've met him a few yeah, times. He's so. tiny. He is tiny. There's no getting around that. But uh, great singer. I loved that group and Chaz Chandler, of course, who was in the. Uh, he was a member of the Animals. Discovered uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, he did. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. That. He was the guy really, that brought, really him, cool. brought him to England and made him a star. That's why when I first saw Jimi Hendrix on, I believe, the Dick Cavett show, I was shocked that he didn't have a British accent. I thought he was a British act. Really? You know what I mean? No, because, yeah. Well, he, he kind of had I that did. look, too. Like, he could, I think. Yeah, I was shocked when the I found British? out Jimi Hendrix wasn't British either. Hmm. Yeah, so there you go. I didn't like the fact that when he was on uh, the Dick Cavett show that he kept... uh, Actually, it was David Bowie that did this. He was on the Dick Cavett show. The entire time he was on there, he had a cane, and he kept stroking it with his right hand. Yes. Oh, (laughs) Oh, creepy. Do you remember that? No, I didn't see that. Do you remember that? Dick Cavett was great. He was really a great Phenomenal. Uh, the greatest thing ever on the Dick Cavett show, and ladies and gentlemen, he was just a, he was a, uh, a talk show host back in the day. Very, very smart guy, really good guy, but one of the greatest of all time. He's talking to Muhammad Ali after the Ken Norton fight where he broke his jaw, remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Dick Cavett says to Muhammad Ali, you know, I, I have to be honest with you, Muhammad, i got to believe that if I had gotten hit with that punch, I'd be knocked out still. And Ali said, let me tell you something. You got hit with that punch, your beneficiaries will still be collecting. (laughs) (laughs) What a great comment. Your beneficiaries. Yeah, I do remember that. That was a great show. You're absolutely right. That's the first time uh, Michael Douglas was his direct competition. First time I ever saw Tiger Woods as a, I think, a three-year-old. He was on the the talk show putting and doing all stuff. I think he was only three years old. I think that's right. That's pretty cool, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know... 
Because talk shows now, I wouldn't watch one of those things if you paid me oh, to do God, it. Those no. talk shows now were terrible. What happened? I don't know. It's um, every I once think... in a while, though. I do like to watch Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he's probably the only I like one. Jimmy I, Fallon. I do too. I he's probably the only one that I could watch. I don't really care for the interview stuff, but I like it when he does some of his like little skits or when he does some of his musical stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's brilliant mm-hmm. at. But when he does interview, it's very. He, Becomes very fangirly yeah, to me right. on yeah. sitting behind the desk. Everybody says that he just is like, "You're amazing. You're wonderful. Yep. You're fantastic." It's obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't watch Jimmy Kimmel or any of the no. other ones. Oh, he's horrendous. It's just way too political. All of it's way too political. Busy, yeah, that's the problem. Busy Phillips just got one. Oh yeah, it's like uh, it's called Busy Tonight. It's on E. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but she's like the female. The new female talk show host. So Ellen. who's Busy Phillips? Ellen is good. Mm-hmm. Ellen's going to quit, though. Did you hear that? Is she really? Oh, really? Yeah, she, she's talking about giving it. She, she loves to do the game of games, Ellen's game of games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's she's thinking of moving away from the uh, from the talk show. Has anybody? Or maybe she's just doing it. Oh, go ahead, Tom. I just said maybe she was just doing it to get him to jack up the rate. Yeah, well, has yeah. anybody oh. watched her new Netflix special? I haven't watched I, it yet. I did watch no, it. I Sarah want to. And I watch it, and she's she's a great stand-up comedian. She really is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. Great timing. And, you mm-hmm. know, her jokes are really simple, but it's all in the delivery and the timing. She's really good at it. Catherine and I were watching one time, and it might have been The Tonight Show or whatever, but she was uh, uh, portraying a woman who goes to a public toilet Oh, I remember God. she goes, all righty was... then. And she shakes her butt around and around and around like peeing <laughs> all over the lid. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like, how do they all even manage it? Then? Well, I actually think that a lot, I mean, when you flush a public toilet, especially like in an airport, I, I mean, they have like a powerful yeah, flush yeah, and, and water do. does just come shooting up out of that thing. So I don't think it's always people just doing odd things with their pee. Mm. Oh, that's a nice <laughs> That's a nice look at it. Odd things with. Well, we that should, would be very weird. You know yes. what? We should get a cable show. Odd shows, the odd odd things to do with your pee. There probably is one already. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. A, yeah. Well, it's probably a Japanese game a, show. Yep. Yeah. Or a YouTube channel. Yep. I got to run this by you guys because I'm realizing as time goes by, and I it's so it feels uncomfortable to me because it's how I grew up. But we are watching fewer and fewer programs on what used to be broadcast television. Mm-hmm. I think there are five of them right now that I that I picked out that I watch. They're all cop shows. All five are cop shows. So what does that tell you? But it's like The Rookie, it's FBI, it's Blue Bloods, it's, you know, those kind of shows. But I just, uh, we watch more Netflix and Hulu and, mm-hmm. you know, going down the list to Amazon Prime, Prime Video, all the rest of it. We watch many more shows on there because they're just better shows. Yeah. They are better shows. So I don't know. I got to go. What is it called? School Days. Brian Callen, my, my pal, just got a new series. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah, it's called School Days. It's based on about the same time the Goldbergs is, I think. And it, I don't know if it ties in with the Goldbergs or not, but he he's on the show. So I got to watch that. It was on last night. Oh. I didn't get a chance to see it. Yeah, that's Lainey, the character in Goldberg. She ha- got a spinoff. Yeah. It's like, I can't remember how many years later, but she comes back as a teacher to the same school. They're talking 19, somewhere in the 1990s. Yeah. That's what's all the, they say. What's about the it, name but. of the actor that plays Ray Donovan? I'm having a. Oh, brain. oh gosh. Um, he's a jerk, too. Yeah, he's not a pleasant uh, man. What the hell is his name? Leave Shriver? He hosted Saturday yeah. night. I've been watching SNL again, and it's been pretty good, but he hosted last mm-hmm. Saturdays. He was terrible. Yeah, yeah he has no personality. He can't read. He's not funny. It was just like, mm. oh, you could take a high school drama kid and put him in there, and he would have been better. Oh. Like, oh, Why God. do they do that? It makes no sense to me. They put somebody in there that's not qualified to do that job. Yeah, I don't get I don't that. Know. Most people, they care no. about who they are, not what they do. Yes. I asked this question this morning on the morning show, and I want to ask you guys, too, and all the listeners to this show, of course. What is it with Stephen King having to repeat everything he does about five times because he just doesn't think you're going to be able to get it? I, I just, that's always been his writing God, style, just what he does. Yeah. 
Seriously, we we watched yeah. episode seven of uh, Castle, uh, Castle Castle Rock. Rock. We finally got into that. Yeah, we got in, in the first six oh, episodes. I really liked that episode. Yes, we I did told watch. you to watch you, that a while ago. Did you watch yeah. the whole thing? No, I haven't watched the whole thing. I've, you know, just I don't have time. Episode seven. It's one of those deals where he's dead. He's alive. He's dead. No, he's back alive again. No, he's not. He's dead. Well, you it's were like, falling oh, asleep God. during the thing, so I think you were missing the fact that oh. it was it was actually about her memory loss that yeah, right, she was right. fading in yes. and out of reality. Right. Oh, the mom yeah. and yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, Sissy Spacek. I haven't, I haven't seen who's that terrific, one. by the way. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, she, it is. A, it, they did it for way too long. That was did, the problem yeah. with the episode is they yeah. just did it for way too long. Oh. Yeah, we got it. Okay, we got it. She's coming apart at the seams. Okay, let's move on. Good show. <laughs> I, I've liked it till now, but that, that one last night was boring as hell because he just kept repeating things, which I don't know. I was hoping I had Alzheimer's so I didn't have to remember that they already did <laughs> don't that. Don't ever many, hope that. Yeah, don't don't say be that such a ever. baby. Um, how many wood. episodes are there? Ten. Uh, ten? Okay. There are ten episodes. I think yeah. I meant like so, five no, Dad, or six. Dad was like... You missed your line. Dad was you like, I'm out. You were to say you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. What? Dad was like, I'm not watching the rest of them. This is just... It was horrible. It was horrible. Oh Typical. My God. There's Stephen King. There's three more. <laughs> you can do it. And then there's another series of his, right? What's that one called? Yeah, what is it? Uh, the on mist? at the same time. The mist. Yeah. There's a, the mist. There's two series on at the same time. That's yeah, not a good idea. Yeah, the third season of uh, True Detective is Sunday starting, I think. It is. Who's on it? I can't remember. I can't up. remember the guy's name. Some black guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's some, some black guy. I'm familiar. There's only one. Just hope it's as good as the first season and way oh. better than the second. The second season was horrible. It's terrible. And I like. I really like Vince Vaughn, so that kind of bothered yeah, me that Vince Vaughn was in a terrible mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, that first season was really, really that good. Was rough. Hey, hey, hey! How you doing today, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, he was. God, his delivery is so odd. I talked to him yesterday, and he said he was doing fine. Did you Sounds go- like that dog <laughs> on that cartoon. Yeah, that old did cartoon. you Google the show, or did you just Google some black guy? Because it might be quicker <laughs> some to Google. Black guy. Oh, no. Listen to you. Saw, yeah, I did. I just some black guy. That was it. Yes. Yeah, it's not giving me the cast though. Huh. Um, just give me a second. It's all I'm a secret. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. It's... Well, that's until then, we have Mark Lewis on the phone. Oh, Mark's ready to go? Yes. Excellent. That's a good thing. I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Give a Damn, The Ticket to Cultural Change. Mark, we need it, and it's all on you, and if you don't deliver, I'm going to be very upset. No pressure. Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I like the pressure. I like the accountability. I'm all about uh, trying to change uh, society to make it a better place. And, you know, I wrote the first book and then I've got a follow-on book and we actually got a professional editor and I'm very much engaged in trying to change society for a better. And it all, of course, it all starts at the top and we're not getting that kind of top leadership no. that we need, I mm-hmm. think. Out of anybody, that's the amazing thing, whether it's the presidency or it's Congress, uh, nobody's doing their job right now. And I don't know what that's all about. Well, it's all about what's in it for me. What can I prove yep, yep. Uh, to others? It's become such a self-centered, uh, look, I'm better than you, instead of working together. And, you know, we need to kind of change our thought patterns in terms of what we could do to help others. And there's a lot of data that shows that the more we do for others, the more we're going to get in return. I love that. But See, here's that the makes fallacy. Sense. But the fallacy is, that people say, well, if I'm going to do this for you and you expect something in return, then that's not what proper thinking right. is all about. I agree and that's completely. where Don't society is going. We're, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, law of attraction is just going to happen. The more things you do for people, the more you're going to get in return. The more positive you are, the, the more positive people will be around you. And it's this herd mentality that, that we need to bring together uh, to work for a commonality. And that's the reason why I'm starting here in New Orleans. I'm in the process of creating these give-a-damn communities where we can bring the herd together and have more of a force. It's going to take a long time because we've gone down this path of self-centered thinking and that it's just disrupting society. It's causing more, I think, more violence because if you don't win, you're going to 
hurt others because of it. This just yeah. keeps perpetuating itself. It's going down a wrong hill. Yeah, I think people are totally stressed out now, and this is part of the reason why. Yeah, I think that's probably well, true, Mark. Stress- I, I think- yes. Go ahead. No, go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Well, you know, I think they are stressed out, but what's causing that stress? Um, and, I, you know, a big part of it is, I think, social media. Um, and, you know, what today's the social media brings, it's giving the influence to prioritize our self-expression over the welfare of others. And I think that's the problem because we don't relate to people like we used to in the past. You see these TV programs reality tea which i call unreality and it becomes where a single purpose it's not uh, multiple winners but multiple losers and empathy versus narcissism they go in opposite directions and so we're becoming more a narcissistic society and how do we get to be more empathetic towards us and now think when the disasters happens what happens the empathy comes out mm-hmm no, it's very true. I need to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. Uh, you can stay for another segment, I'm hoping, uh, Mark Lewis. Sure. Sounds good. Give a damn. The ticket to cultural change. We'll be right back more with Mark Lewis right after this Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. I love the fact that you can't hear the uh, yeah, some an, of the music. Yeah, well, it's hilarious. Odd mix. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, you know, it's a very calm version of it. Ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Give a Damn, The Ticket to Cultural Change. Mark Lewis, our special guest. So what is Give a Damn all about, Mark? Um, Give a Damn is all about changing and help people realize how our thought processes have an effect on others and what we do that can actually be the benefit uh, to other people. And, and so we've kind of gotten a away from helping others, although when disasters help and we go out of our way to help others, what can I do to get outside my own internal domain name, domain and everything that goes around my domain to make life better for others and make life and society better than it is today? Because when you start getting so self-centered and think, thinking about yourself, it doesn't help people grow. It doesn't help them be happy. There's just a a number of things that happen that cause us uh, to be really unhappy, to be honest with you. Yeah, so uh, giving a damn just means live your life and actually caring about other people and yourself. I would assume giving a damn about yourself is a big part of that, isn't it? Not that you're focused on yourself. No, but, you know, I have Steve Gleason. You know, I don't know if you know Steve. He is... uh, football player for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he blocked the punt sure, when yep. Katrina happened. It was the first game. Steve Gleason wrote the forward. And what he does and what he says that he has this internal struggle. Now, he is the consummate individual. He is totally uh, incapacitated, but his mind is still working. He said that the best way mm-hmm. to help yourself is to first serve and help others. And that's what he learned from his parents. It's an inward focus on family, not yourself, but to help, by helping others, you basically help yourself. And everybody has this internal struggle because they can't get it. But, you know, he's got ALS. He can't get around anywhere. But he says he doesn't mm-hmm. use that as a crush to go forward. He uses it as his purpose in life to find meaning that a lot of few people really don't find what their purpose in life is. His purpose is to find a cure for ALS, and I'm happy to support him and when we sell this book and the things that I do to sell the book, I give 20% of whatever happens 
in selling the book to his ALS Foundation because he is the consummate individual with all the struggles he has. He's out there helping others. Yeah, that is a wonderful thing. That's what it's. And does it take for some people, and maybe most people, something like that uh, to to be just shocked into reality? For a lot of people to realize, you know, this is about serving others, not myself. Do some people just come by it naturally, or does it take kind of a shock in your life to understand that? Well, I think with some it comes naturally because we've been learned that habit through how we were brought up and parents provided those values. And in some cases, you have to be shocked, just like if someone has a heart attack, they haven't been taking care of themselves, now they've been shocked, and well, I better start taking care of myself or I might have, this may happen again. The process of trying to change a thought pattern is very, very difficult because we've ingrained these habits in our psyche that it's very difficult to do. So what I do is I have these give-a-damn bracelets that continue to remind myself that, hey, i got to continue to do this. Now, I've gotten much better at it, but it's a process. So I think there's four areas that people can guide their philosophy. One can be religion. One can be a significant other like your mom. If your mom is, mm-hmm. if you knew your mom was always watching and everything you do, would you act different? Or maybe a mentor or even the herd mentality, joining a movement, getting everybody together. And that's kind of a goal I'm trying to do so people can continue to hear and learn this philosophy about serving others. Um, because at the end of the day, you're going to be so much happier, so much better at what you're doing. Yeah, see, I, I think it's a great look at life right there. It's kind of what I always hoped when I was a kid. And I, I don't know what age it was, but I'm sure it was, I, I don't know, I'm after 13, 14 years old, something like that. I started looking at politicians and going, God, these people are elected and they help everybody out. They do this. And about a year later, I looked and went, none of these people help anybody out unless somebody does something for them first. Uh, I, I learned that at a problem. very young age. Right. Yep, it is. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I address, uh, you know, the several areas that I address in, in the book about what's caused this. And I think politicians, you know, when they make decisions, are they making decisions for the best interest of the people they serve? Or is it based on me getting reelected or how much money I can get so I can get reelected? And there's influencers there that cause them to make decisions that maybe they wouldn't make if those influence like there, especially with a special interest group. So there's so much distraction. There's so much toxin reinforcements out there uh, that cause us to make decisions that we wouldn't normally make if we knew that God was always watching or my mom was watching or a mentor was watching. What decisions would we Mm -hmm. make differently? That's hard to change. It's it's a very difficult thing to change. But I'm going to give it a moment and try doing it. (laughs) <laughs> well, I like that. I like it a lot, as a matter of fact. I, um, yeah, I mean, when you break it down, what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is when you look at what this whole brouhaha right now going on over the border wall, or we're not going to do the border wall, yes, we are, no, we're not, yes, we are, that whole argument is about votes. Because Democrats assume if all those people come over, they're going to vote Democrat, which they will, and Republicans are going to assume they're going to vote Democrat as well. That's why they don't want them coming across. So, look, you don't want to allow criminals and all the rest in your country, but this is all about these people are sitting out of work, and it's the Democrats and the Republicans that have done it. I don't see how they can point the finger at anybody else. You both did it, and it's all about preventing you from getting votes or trying to get votes. That's the whole thing, isn't it? Yes, that's part of it, but it's also money. When you think about these yeah, special interest yeah. groups, when they donate money, and there was a, the Citizens versus U.S., that decision was just so bad because you get these special interest groups can give ungodly amounts of money to a campaign. Now, do you think if someone gave me a billion dollars to run, do you think I would be indebted to them? Absolutely. <laughs> but how do we get away yeah, from maybe. that? You know, I, and uh-huh. look, if yeah. I were to run for political office, I wouldn't do it. I'd only do it for one term, and I'd say, look, you give me all the money you want, but I'm going to make the decision within the best interest of the many. You can't please everybody. You know, it's like a politician. They get elected. They get 50.1% of the vote. The other 49.9% do not like them, but they still get elected, and no one complains. But if I make a decision that's good for 90% of the people, the other 10% don't like it, and a lot of times they can affect the outcome, which is wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is absolutely true. I like your uh, your take on the whole thing. Give a damn the ticket to cultural change. I like your look at it, Mark, and uh, you know, keep on fighting the good fight. We appreciate people like you because not a lot of people are doing it. They, they, people in America right now have taken sides, and it's really disturbing to watch to me. Yeah, how do we get engaged? How do we create these, uh, these communities where we all can do what's in the best of everybody, knowing that I can't please everybody, but at least I can make society better? Look, everybody needs to buy this book for uh, the give a damn, the ticket to cultural change, A, it's going to make you happier. I firmly, firmly believe it. You're going to make other people happier because of what you do, and therefore their life's going to get better. Those are the two primary reasons to buy the book, because your mindset will change and you become happier. I got, and I firmly believe it, and there's studies that show that, you know, when you give you're going to be happy. People like when you're more religious, there's a study out there that says the more religious you are, and I'm not proposing people are religion, but you live mm-hmm. longer when you're religious, when you're, when you're more religious. If there's a study that says, I always say, four years, you increase your life by an average of four years, and they did a study on it. That's something that people grab onto that can help society in general in being what I call a good or better person. Yeah, I think it's true. Mark, keep fighting. Uh, We'd love to have you back on to talk more about this. Thank you for your time today, sir. I would love to tell you how I'm progressing. You know, I need to get somebody that can help me, a a high-level person that can help me get to that next level. And I'm working with very influential people that can hopefully help um, reinforce this uh, philosophy that I'm trying to take across the country. I think it's a great idea. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Mark Lewis, ladies and gentlemen, book's called Give a Damn, The Ticket to Cultural Change. Yeah, I, I, doesn't it upset you that, that this is all about me, 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 and let's not even worry about the taxpayers. This is all about what I need and what I want. Isn't that sad? Yes. Yes. A lot of energy in that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to get freaking out over a... You don't don't a expect of, people to answer rhetorical questions. It doesn't... Go Why well. don't you just follow my lead there, Buster? <laughs> just tell you that. Right What's wrong with you? Follow the lead. Uh, he's, there's a paper clip on the floor, and he's decided that it's an enemy of the state, and oh, he has uh-oh. to get it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy of the state, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Uh, I just received something from Joe in Louisville, which uh, and th- this kind of stuff is makes my job so much, I don't know, makes me feel so much better about my job and, and what it kind of does for some people. I just got this, as a matter of fact. This is from Craig Bellinger on the uh, KQRS Morning Show Facebook page, the fan page. My mom was a longtime listener. She loved the KQ Morning Show. She passed away this morning. If Tom could give her a shout-out, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Tomorrow morning, today on this show, tomorrow morning on the KQ Morning Show, Craig, it's either Bellinger or Belanger. I've always seen it pronounced Belanger. But, uh, yeah, if we could find out, uh, and Joe, maybe you could... You could shoot Craig a quick uh, message on the, the Morning Show Facebook page, what his mom's name is, and I would love to do that. But thank you so much to Mrs. Belanger. Uh, we'll find out. But his mom passed away this morning, and the first thing he thought of was a shout-out from uh, the KQ Morning Show and this show, and I really, it's very, very touching. Isn't that stuff wonderful? Well, yes, in a way. What do you mean in a what? What do you mean in a way? Well, I mean it's terrible that his mother passed, but it is. It's nice that. Well, it's just very sweet. Yeah. The whole thing. I know. Joe from Louisville texts me back. I'm on it. So yeah, we'll get it up and we'll get it running. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. I just that that part of it it really makes me happy about my job that people actually, it's a it's a part of their day and 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 it's a big part of their day and it makes me happy. Uh, quite an. Uh, Quite an honor. That's all I have to say. So, yes. Sorry to hear your your mother passed away, Craig, because that's not the most pleasant day of our lives. I can promise you that. Good oh. God, it's the worst when your mother dies. Yeah, Dad, who gives a rat's ass? But well, mother. Geez. Geez. <laughs> not true. You realize you just shot not yourself true. in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. I know I did, but yeah. I did it before my kids did it for me. So you know. Wow. We wouldn't, we no, wouldn't say uh, that. So. No. Not in, not in public. The door, no. you might have 
Not public. I would never say It's a whole different deal. What was Andy's famous quote? If you have $100 million, what do you need a dad for? Yeah. Something like that. Exactly what he said. Yeah. That's exactly. And we've had a great relationship ever since. There's no question about it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about anybody else's feelings. That's our boy. Just four ahead. Forge ahead with what we have here. But. Uh, yeah, I, I, Mark Lewis is is trying to. I, I look. I love the point he's trying to make. Give a damn, and I think mm-hmm. it's a very good title for his book. Just give a damn about somebody else other than yourself for a minute. Once again, this this weather guy, Al Roker, stuck up for him, which I really really uh, appreciate. The guy may have misspoke. If there's a five percent chance he misspoke, why do you want to ruin his yeah, life? Really. Yeah, so I'm guessing. Why? I heard I heard the story, and I'm guessing the guy's been on TV for years and years. Oh, 20 years, yeah, I think, probably. Yeah. One slip up, and they broom him for that. That's complete. It's BS. ridiculous. Well, yeah. Remember when Palenti said the f yeah, word instead of puck. drop? Yep. Drop yeah. the puck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, I think yeah. that actually helped his career a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it might have, yeah. That's a very good point. It might, it might have helped his career. In but the I, I mean, it just it does happen. It happens all the sure. time. I, That's I what bloopers are I and all that. Pick on even Donald Trump when he says bigly and stuff like that. If you got the cameras on you twenty four seven, you're gonna make yeah. mistakes. It's just yeah. There's no doubt about it. Well, do you know anybody that's that's never said anything that's extremely offensive? Because I don't. I never have in Every my person life. I, you no, fool. never. No, I'm sure. Well, I've never heard you say anything. You or Andy, either one. Your mom, plenty of times. Andy says offensive stuff all the time. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to never get off I'm joking or not. So does mom. Mom That's says offensive his... stuff all the time. I do not. Okay. Catherine. What do I do? What do I say? Sure. Don't say it. <laughs> Why don't you all just give a damn? That's don't what repeat I have to say. Anything. Just all give a damn. Ever. That I say. I yeah. suppose that's true. It all works out in the end. But in any case, uh, yeah, good guest today. Dr. Pohl is one. I, I love Dr. Pohl. Just a no, great he's guy. He's so a great guy. And Mark Lewis has the right idea, and he has uh, some decency in his heart, and just give a damn. And we need to we need to serve all the people, not just the people who voted for you. Or even half. Just half right. isn't enough. That's going to do it. Talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show.